Welcome back to another edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Sea Talk. I'm your host, Sterling Mack, joined on the other end by Taylor Mack. Uh, today, we'll jump into, we'll kind of look through LeBron's investments, talk through what just happened with him um, becoming a, a minority and part owner. Not minority because black, but minority from the fractional percentage. I'm pretty uh, sure everybody understood if you're listening to this pod, what minority ownership meant. <laughs> I had to make, someone did not know that in a group chat, so I wanted to make sure there. Um, got a couple platforms that we'll talk about in funding as well as we always kind of round it out. But I wanted to start, I know people do not come to this podcast for, um, for TV pop culture talk, but I found The Bachelor ending and I didn't watch anything. I didn't watch the Bachelor season or anything like that. But I found the ending. I found what happened. Very intriguing and very interesting. Kind of like, you know, just just from like a people perspective. So I'm gonna try to give like a quick little blurb here, and then we'll get into some sports topics here. Um, but if you didn't watch, the Bachelor had its first um, black male lead um, being the Bachelor contestant and like trying to find love. So. The last episode happened this past week. Um, Emmanuel Acho actually did the final rope, like whatever that is, the 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 interviews after essentially because mm-hmm. of something that had happened with the typical um, host Chris Harrison. So, which was kind of interesting. It was actually, it was almost like perfect, right? Because Emmanuel Acho has this you know uncomfortable conversation with a black man show and all that type of stuff. So, all right. What I found interesting, right? You better, you better bring this in. That's what I'm gonna tell you. You better bring this one home. Listen, I. All right. Well, all right. It's a, it's a it's a complex, I think, thing. But what I found interesting with it was the fact that he um, he being the bachelor, I think his name is Matt James, um, found love, but found love with someone that had a racial or in racial insensitive past. And it's interesting when you like try to extrapolate that one. You have someone who like, you know, I don't know, didn't, you know, couldn't find love of their own, so they get on the TV show. Then they think, whatever, I don't, I don't know how like real it is, right? But they find somebody, and then it turns out that that person is maybe doesn't understand like where you come from and who you are. On one side, like just from a relationship perspective, that would suck. But I think what's super interesting in that is looking at that just like in the world today. Obviously, that's on the heels of things happening in just outside of our hometown. Uh, there in like Woodstock and North Atlanta there. Some of the shootings um, uh, there against like some of the Asian like spa parlors. Like it's interesting to meet people and navigate and start to like form a relationship and then find out oh man, this person, maybe this person views me in a, in a different light. And the thing for The Bachelor, why I found it super interesting was like, what's so hard about like meeting people and forming relationships and like, you know, sharing things about yourself with them is then all of a sudden having to like take multiple steps back and then question yourself about the full relationship, right? Question yourself about all the interactions. Um, and I'm sure so many people you know, that look like you and I haven't have had to do that over the past year or so. And yeah. that's what I found, you know, obviously like I'm not. Wait, did he, did he pick the girl? He, he picked the girl that Chris Hansen got fired over. 
Chris Harrison. Harrison. Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to disrespect Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen was a legend for to catch a predator. Uh, yeah. I was like, where? How's that? How do I know that name? There it is. Okay. Uh, Chris. Chris Harrison. He. He's. He's riding for the chick that got him. Put on hiatus. He was okay. So I'm not that familiar with it, but if people don't, if you don't, know, if you don't know, you're like, why are we talking about Bachelor? I'm just trying to I'll, explaining what her past was. Yeah. She she's like what twenty young twenty something maybe twenty four yeah. twenty three yeah. when she was eighteen in college. Well, it was like three years ago. So like three years, like yeah, literally, or twenty two. Uh, you know, replicating it's a big thing at Southern colleges. Still don't know why it is, but it is. Uh, replicating the it's called an old south party and yeah. with those old south parties you come dressed up as i mean basically you come as a slave owner if you wanted to essentially that's what you could be you got it's southern bells and i don't really know what the guys dress up as but it's southern gentlemen's but those southern gentlemen's is in the time frame in the era of uh slavery <laughs> it's, it's the only way to say it it's the only way to say it and um, I think it came from a very insensitive thing of her justifying going and participating, which then led to a whole snowball of events. But I didn't know that he picked her. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, this they did this just for ratings. They don't like each other. They're just trying to keep because no one was watching The Bachelor. Let's let's put it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it a buck. No one watched The Bachelor, even though it was the first black dude. And so now to keep and drum up more eyeballs, you got to keep the drama going. How do you keep more drama going? Oh, right. True. He threw away every other good girl to have this controversial, racially controversial girl be his now fiance or future fiance. 100% by, think, this is by the producers. But that's what I, it also sucks, right? It's like he's the first black bachelor and it ends in like, it's like the first season where someone wasn't proposed to. And the first season where it like ends with like, essentially the people aren't even close to being together and ends in like racial conflict. And it's like, that just it's unfortunate so no but i i found it super interesting i found it super interesting as uh it's like a black person and understanding like you know having to navigate some of those waters and just as a person Mm -hmm. as well right thinking about relationships and you know what people post online and what people like and those things all have effects on on people right i think that's the other part of that right social media social media truly does affect the way people view you social media does affect the way people like what like like what presence do you have online um so super interesting and yeah just a, a crazy ending there so that's that is it that's that's that is my did i bring that home did i do well there did i bring it around i started slow there i started slow there. i was trying to build sure. up sure you you definitely you brought it you brought the bachelor around as best as possible that you could for the bachelor jump into some sports tech news and stories now we'll start with lebron james so LeBron James recently joined the Fenway Sports Group as a partner, along with the private investment group Redbird Capital Partners and LeBron's longtime friend and business partner, Mav Carter. That means LeBron now has a ownership stake in the Boston Red Sox. Taylor, how are people of Boston taking this? Because, I mean, Game 6 is still etched in their brain. Everything with the heat is still there. Like, how are people taking this? Not well, not not well at all. Um, it's a struggle up here for a few fans because an athlete that dominated you on the court uh, is now 
that you could then learn to to hate his his athletic prowess and his his accomplishments that he's had on the court against your team. And now you have to respect him as the owner. That's got to throw salt in the wound. You can never get over the dominance LeBron has had, you know, when he was in Miami. Obviously, you had the this the the bouts when he was with the Cavs, but it, it has to hurt him a little bit. And I know a lot of people aren't happy. And at the same time, it's not a good time because people are like, oh, they're upset that LeBron is now an owner and you're throwing hate at that. And then it makes you look like, hey, it's a bad time to hate a black man being the first of something, especially being the first black owner uh, in franchise history for the Red Sox. And not a good look. You could, you're, you're trying to hate him for what he did on the court, but you got to give him his roses for what he's doing off the court as he's partnered with uh, Fenway Sports Group. And then obviously LeBron had the stake in Liverpool before. And so now that obviously joins in with it was already you know, within the FSG and he now has a stake for the Red Sox. So I think it's a great move by LeBron. And I think it's his it's what Jordan did, in my opinion, with his Jumpman logo and getting that on the jerseys for the New York Knicks and the Detroit Pistons. If you didn't know, those are the you know heated rivals back in the day. Starks, um, obviously, uh, Isaiah as well. And so Jordan, now he's like, my end game. First, I, I might have lost you on the court, but now your teams are repping my logo. It's but that was so far. That was so far removed from when he played, right? I think this is this is this, what I think is so amazing of what LeBron is doing is everything uh-huh. he's doing is it's all during his playing days, right? Yeah. The fact that, to your point, he's got the Liverpool investment now being you know a partner of a Fenway Sports Group, and now having a part ownership of the Red Sox. What he's done, like his Spring Hill Entertainment, you know, is the ones kind of releasing the new Space Jam. They own the rights to everything that's uninterrupted. Everything that that is the shop on HBO. Uh, I think that's what's amazing, right? To your point, Jordan becoming an owner was awesome, but Jordan had built, Jordan had a brand, right? That just continued to build and build. And obviously he invested off of those things where we didn't see, I mean, and maybe we also just didn't cover it in the way that we cover athlete investments in today's world where LeBron is, has really been at the forefront of so many things. I mean, the mm-hmm. only other athlete, Today, like him from, I think, from an investment perspective is, is KD and, and what he and Rich Kleiman do with 35 Ventures, right? I feel like Jordan and, and to a lot of respects, like Magic Johnson, they were able to take the fact that they were lovable on the court and lovable at this time when the NBA, like, excelled and then took that and, and, and grew investments off of the fact that their name was so big and they were such likable people. Yeah, yeah, I know that I know with the Jordan aspect, it's years after the fact, and, and LeBron's hitting while you know striking while the iron's hot and while the wound is still fresh as well. And I, that, that's a great point, and that's it is a huge difference in that standpoint. Um, but like LeBron right now, <clears throat> he's uh, he's playing chess while people thinking checkers. No one, no one in this area, no one in New England, if you're not familiar, familiar with New England sports. Uh, New England sports reigns king within New within New England, and similar to how college sports are maybe looked at down south, and they could be bigger in some aspects than some professional teams within some select cities. New England, it's just nothing. It's just pro sports. You know, regardless if you have national champion UConn Huskies, which are playing this uh, this Friday in the NCAA tourney, but we ain't talking about that. Four time champs on the men's side 
11 plus or uh, 11 on the on the women's side. But uh, we, we ain't talking about that because you know what? The pros, it reigns king up here. And so for LeBron to cut in and take a little bit of that glory from this fan base, it hurts. For them, I think it's a great move, but that's why I think people are a little bit salty. They were not expecting LeBron to now etch his name in the history books of the success of their hometown teams. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be tough. It's got to be, just to your point, just very bittersweet, I think, for, for Red Sox. Uh, not only Red Sox fan, but but Boston sports area fans. So, um, like you said, I think everything, is, it's still fresh. Those, those daggers, those threes. I forgot about the one he hit when they killed Boston in game seven. And he like, he just stared Paul Pierce down, hits the three, like walks away. You're just like, ugh. And then you always have the Jason Terry dunk. You never forget the Jason Terry dunk. Can't forget about, can't forget about that. I actually don't think that's his best dunk. I think the one where he jumps over um, John Lucas, the third is, he did. He he jumped over a guy six one. I got to go back to the tape on that one. He's got too uh, many memorable moments, and now you have to respect him for his decisions that he's going to make with you know your world champion winning Red Sox. Yep. So shout out to LeBron again. Uh, so joining Fenway Sports Group uh, as a partner there. Next quick news highlight, uh, Lead and Institute Ventures announced a new partnership uh, called The Draft. Well, they will support and invest in global sports technology startups. Uh, the partnership will focus on establishing a U.S.-based seed and venture capital fund. Uh, so shout out to them. Um, really exciting, I think, just to be able to, uh, to you know, have other players here within the U.S. focused on really the seed and and, and series stages uh, for startups and, and and gaining capital for those that are in that space. So our first uh, first kind of story here is I came across this actually on Instagram and then I just I immediately thought about where we are with the connected fitness uh, world where we are still kind of. We're still working from home, I think, even as the vaccine rolls out. This, to me, was one of those where I was like, oh, you know, even as gyms kind of roll back, I thought about this a lot. It's like, even as gyms roll back, I still feel like because I'm working from home, I'd rather use that time instead of like driving to a gym to be able to work, work out where I am, right? Then it's like you have more time to go do something else. So I found this. It's called the Retruvian Trainer. Uh, I also think it's cool because it's it's kind of named after, you know, Leonardo da Vinci's, you know, famous reflection of the human person, uh, that idea of like uh, the, the proportions of the human body described by mathematics, uh, which I thought was kind of an interesting name there. But it's essentially a trainer that you put on the floor. It's kind of reminds me of like a jazzercise um, kind of block there, but then it's got resistance bands that you can grab onto and be able to then truly like work out. I think the toughest thing now with like, if I have a resistance band on like my foot or like if I wrap it around a door or something like that, it just feels like one, I'm just always in like a, a compromising position, but mm-hmm. also like I'm not getting the actual resistance that I need to continue to, you know, some people, especially, uh, you know, if you want to like cut weight 
or like have this like you know great eight eight pack or something. You have you need weights and able to do that right. in order to do that. And the Vitruvian enables you or gives you that ability because of the way that the resistance is is put into this uh, into their platform. Yeah, and uh, basically to give you a picture of it, imagine a Jazzer size um, step up platform that you know you see where you know people when they're doing fitness stepping up on a five or four foot by two foot elevated little platform you use to, to work out workout block whatever workout platform how you want to call that and then you attach two um straps to both ends that you can use for either attaching a bar or using for single hand type workouts that you can hold left and right and so i i I think this is really cool. And especially if you are in a small apartment and gym fees might be high in your area, or you just kind of want to be able to do your own thing and you don't think you need to do all the full movements that come within a gym. So what this does, it connects to your smart TV and then also with an app. So there are pre you know, recorded workouts that you can do. And then there are live workouts similar to like, you know, other home fitness applications. And the the way that this defers, there's an algorithm that once you start your program, it'll give you maybe three different type of movements with bar or with uh, handheld, you know, um, cable column stuff. And you will do three quick reps. And with those reps, it'll tell you, based on the workout, how much weight you should start off with if you don't know yourself. And then so let's say you're supposed to be doing squats and it's supposed to be 135 pounds and it's four by 10. So four sets by 10 reps. And uh, on that third set, you're not giving the same power output. It'll automatically drop the weight down so that you can have the same power push through your uh, push or pull, whichever direction you're going in. Um for the weight. And so it'll automatically adjust it for you so that you can get the same uh, results you're looking for without that, you know, that struggle. Everybody knows that struggle. You're like, Oh, this is where I need a spot. I want to finish these reps out, but I know I need a spot because I can't finish this out. And so it automatically tabulates that and will auto adjust the weight for you. It goes up to 400 kilograms, I believe for resistance. And um, it's, it's pretty dope. Not going to lie. Pretty, pretty dope. And then pretty compact. And then you can just, flip it up and put it into a closet and bring it back out when you need it or just leave it out in your workout space. But yeah, it connects to your smart TV so you can watch and then also connects to your phone or a tablet, whichever one you want to keep the app on and we'll structure your workouts and uh, tailor the weight for you. So I, I think the, the, that those key components are pretty nice. Yeah. Tailoring the weight, right. Obviously having the, the data and the algorithm behind it as well, I think it's just huge. Um, we're in this space where we're trying to optimize the way in which we work out, the way in which athletes are able to refine their bodies. And so kind of encompassing, and to your point, all of that into, into really this one small space within your house uh, is just an amazing, amazing thing. So shout out to them. Shout out to Vitruvian. Uh, check Definitely check them out. See vitruvianform.com is where you can find it. Uh, the next one, we'll hit this kind of quick. I mean, I think it's interesting, and I, I really just kind of wanted to get your thought process, Taylor, on where you think as things open up, where will we be spending our time? So this is really a golf theme bar entertainment center. Um, 
that has these bases. I've seen these before. These are starting to pop up more. Um, I've seen these with baseball. Do you feel like these have a chance of taking off? They're obviously kind of like using the top golf um, kind of like bays here. Is this something where you feel like from a retail perspective is going to be big business here moving into a, I don't say a post-COVID world. I don't know if that's that's possible here, but a, a vaccinated COVID world. Yeah. So virtual, the virtual space is really interesting. And I actually, you know, did a nice simulator for golf. It was 18 rounds. Let's just say at Pinehurst mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks ago. And as simulators continue, we've done a few stories on simulators, home simulators at the same time um, and how accurate they are in tracking your, you know, your ball flight. It's a few things obviously you need to work out when it comes to putting and making stuff a little bit more realistic for you. But mm-hmm. there is a market for it. Uh, I don't know how long it'll stick around because doing the real thing, people will, for one, when you're going out to meet with friends and um, you want to have that, you know, physical activity to go along with stuff, Top Golf mm-hmm. really has cornered the market because it's short, quick games. You don't have to be good. You see the physical flight of your ball. So you can have that instant gratification of, you know, I had a really good shot and it's not just something that was off of a monitor and, you know, giving you that, uh, you know, whatever meters or distance that you that you hit the ball. So I think for the the avid player that really does like golf or that sport that is um, on the simulator, I think it's going to be a good market. And I think right now it's got some staying power, especially with our, you know, the, the 18 to 35 age group, really getting into the sim stuff and just being more act, trying to be active, but also drink at the same time. Cause drinking and sports is a major market major. Yeah. Huge. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's been, you know, as big when our, our parents were coming through. So I think it has some staying power, but um, they're going to have to make a few adjustments because I, we were out there playing. It was like two and a half, maybe oh, it was like three hours. Normally your normal round is going to be like four. It took us eight for a group of three. So right. do, it was just under, just under right around three hours. So, yeah, I look at it too from a, I, I was looking at this more so of like technology, like where will technology be here soon? So, mm-hmm. If the 5G expansion that we think will come, let's say by like 2024, right? Now you have just like immersive, to your point, right? You you feel like you're a Pinehurst, you feel like a putt kind of rolls the same, right? Or, or similar to like, if you're really there, that feel of it, right? Um, even if you're in like a virtual, now the bays that we're talking about are, are just the, the the typical, not the typical ones that are top golf because it's like an in more of an inside type of thing, but very similar to the like style that they have just obviously with the screen there. So I think it's a little bit of that, right? I think it's my questions here on this to your point are, yeah, this is perfect for like, if you're an avid golf fan or whatever, and you want to go do this super quick and you've only got like an hour, hour and a half to kind of like, to kind of go do this. Um, But I also look at the experience of it and you have to have, the network right like you're going to just have like all these latency issues if you don't have the correct network to be able to roll this out across mm-hmm. like the way the top golf is rolled out like with their like outside conceptions right if you don't have that the the back end part of it from a tech perspective uh kind of like enabled 
then you're going to have a difficult time. I think just having the user experience be there. So that's my only thing is just, I don't, obviously 5G is still rolling out. I'm, I'm interested as this starts to become bigger here in 2021, if those kind of issues don't pop up right uh, along the way here. Yeah, it, it def- and definitely, it, it just depends on how they want to structure their, <laughs> their simulators. Um, Cause you can either have it pretty much like grounded essentially um, and everything kind of comes, I guess, preloaded prior to, you know, playing. So you, you're, you're good from that standpoint and you just, whatever deliver or offerings of courses that your package can, can download or use for the week. That's what it, that's what it'll go through. And I think it's downloaded so that you don't have to, you're just not running off of the servers the entire time. So yeah, that's a really good point to, to see how smooth that'll flow with, uh, playing these simulators, regardless of the sport. I don't know how many there are. We're specifically kind of talking about golf at the moment. Um, yeah, I think there's I think there's three that you can do. I think, I think it's like baseball, tennis, and golf. Yeah, I think it's pretty fun right now. And I just have to adjust it so that – because everybody's got like that that game music to ADD. Like we're, I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it, but I need something else to be thrown in here to keep my attention. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's the the biggest hurdle for people to get over. Yeah. No, totally agree. So we'll see. I, I, like you said, I, I, these will be coming down. We'll, you'll start to see more and more of these in different cities and different towns, uh, and we'll see how people's reactions to them will be. I assume they'll be similar, very popular to the way Topgolf is, um, but but we'll see. We'll hit a few got a few funding stories here. Uh, the first one is Greens Park Sports, which is a combination of sports fan experience and mobile gaming. Um, I just signed a partnership with the NBA and added a $14 million Series A investment round uh, to their belt here. So super cool for them. Obviously, the NBA doing different things as far as the digital goes. This this is really focusing on the fan experience and how to like monetize off of you know what your fans are doing, what your fans are in-game challenges, things like that. Uh, so really cool there for Green Park Sports. Uh, the next one is uh, SimpleBet. So SimpleBet is a software that allows users to wager on quick odds, like which player will make the next catch in a football game or if the next call is a pass or run play. It is used uh, on the back end by apps like FanDuel. So they just raised $15 million in their latest financing round as the company looks to enhance its sports betting pr- uh, products. They have now to date raised $15 million. And lastly, whatnot. We actually highlighted whatnot um, pretty recently, actually. So they are a collectible platform. Um, they've expanded from like Pokemon and things like that to like uh, live shopping, um, like iPhones, like like all these things from like a collectible perspective that you can get into. Um, so previously, they had raised around four million dollars. Uh, back in like November, and then their most recent round here, they just raised twenty million dollars. Uh, and then lastly, Game On, uh, which is a company that helps sports and entertainment platforms gamify content, has raised four point seven in an oversubscribed financing round. That rounds out our funding rounds and uh, ends us for the day. So we appreciate it. Uh, continue to rate, subscribe, 
give us a little feedback at Mac on Twitter at TaylorMac29 over there Twitter and IG we appreciate you and we look to see you on the next episode of Sports Taking Legacy Talk.